This is the What Now Podcast. The one thing I can promise you that every kid needs is a mom and a dad. And a kid with special needs especially needs that. How can we help these families to feel like there's some optimism in the future? The one thing with autism is they don't outgrow it. Cole lives in Cole World. He doesn't live here. He lives in his own little world. And this ABA, in my opinion, pried that world open enough that he let us in it a little What bit. is ABA? It's a one-on-one therapy. And so they basically, I call it manually program them to make them interact with you. And pretty soon, the reward for interacting is better than the pleasure of not interacting. And it just makes them to start to, to communicate with you. He doesn't hang out with us ever. He, he only talks to us when he needs something. Welcome to the What Now Podcast. Today, Mary Alice Hatch visits the Melissa Nellison Center for Autism at UVU with founders Keith and Melissa Nellison. Stay tuned for an honest discussion about their journey with their autistic son. A mother's instinct told Melissa from day one that something was wrong when her son Cole failed his hearing test as an infant. As he rolled into his toddler years, she noticed that he didn't engage with others but preferred to be alone and not make eye contact. When he was two years old, Melissa acted on her concerns and took Cole to be tested and discovered that he was autistic. It was a devastating diagnosis, leaving both parents scrambling to find the resources he needed. Intensive early intervention helped, but Cole's sensory challenges made church, even life, painful. Keith and Melissa had to face the sobering reality that their son was never going to check all the standard church boxes of serving a mission, going to college, and getting married in the temple, and face the fact that you can do all the right things and hard things still happen. Their experience inspired them to create the Melissa Nellison Center of Autism at UVU, which offers community education, professional training, college and life skill coaching for autistic adults, as well as free resources to offer direction to anyone searching for answers about autism. Let's welcome Keith and Melissa Nellison and Mary Alice Hatch. So happy to be here today with Melissa and Keith Nelson here at Utah Valley University. Welcome. Thank you. So I'd like to start off just by asking you a little bit about yourself, where you grew up and how you two met and how many kids you have and so on. So Melissa, do you want to start? Sure. I grew up in Denver, Colorado, um, family of five kids and came over here to BYU and I met Keith. Uh, We met in the same apartment complex. We have three children, Mackenzie, who's 24, Cole, who's 21, and Presley, who is 10. Yeah, and I grew up uh, in Idaho Falls, Idaho, of course. Came to BYU as a sophomore and uh, got a master's degree in accounting. We moved to Denver for a little bit and then came back and started a business with my best friend from high school. And who is that? Todd Peterson is his name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Todd and I were friends in high school. He's a little younger than me and... Uh, we came back here for, I told my wife, it might just be a two-year assignment, and um, we've been here, what, 25 years oh. <laughs> now. So, yeah. um, Okay, so it went a little longer than you expected, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, but you've done some incredible things. We've tried, yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your business background. I co-founded what's now called Vivint with Todd. Yeah, I got out of it about eight years ago when it was sold to Blackstone and started a few other businesses around here and, uh, you know, raising kids and you know, kind of being a little entrepreneur. And Melissa has uh, supported me in all my crazy 
ideas and endeavors and I drug her away from Denver. I worked for Deloitte in Denver out of high school, out of college. Uh And for some reason, she agreed to come to Utah to do this crazy door-to-door thing. Okay. Well, it did pretty well because I've seen Vivint in in several buildings around here. Now you have this incredible institution that's here at UVU with Melissa Nellison's name on it, and you're a contributing benefactor to that through probably some of your success at Vivint. I can imagine. Yeah, it kind of, you'll see the timing. Yeah. 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 Before the cell, there wasn't much there. But uh, afterwards, and, and, you know, obviously we'll talk about it, autism was really important to us. And uh, it's a big need in this community. And UVU is like the perfect partner, if you want to call it that, to do something with. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing when we went out in the community. The, the money was raised in nine months. This is the first building ever built at Utah Valley with all private donations. And we did that so that we could get it done quickly. Mm-hmm. And we knew that if we could get the center built, that the university would fund it. And it's been way better than we could have expected. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the building itself, it's such an awesome building. But then the things that are happening here are really life-changing and for us we get a lot of credit um melissa does all the hard work here that we do but uh it's just an amazing place with amazing people who really care about you know helping our kids and we've been very lucky around here our kids have only gone to public schools so you have a child with special needs yes and is that what motivated your commitment to this institution 1,000%. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And tell us a little bit about your child. So you have a child with autism. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how old is he? He's 21. And he's still in the school district program that's teaching him life skills. And he'll age out of that program in a year. So he's not at this institution right now? No, he's not. We just really, well, when Matt Holland, President Holland came to us and talked to us about uh, wanting to start this program, Uh, We just really felt compelled to do it because when we first started on this journey, there just wasn't a place to go to get information and to uh, find the resources. And so we just thought this was just a no-brainer and we really needed to do it because then there would be a place that everyone could go and find what they needed. So it's just been an exciting journey for us. So will your son eventually come here once he gets out of this program? You know, he won't. Um, he's not high-functioning enough. So is there a big spectrum on the autism spectrum? I don't know a lot yeah, about autism. There is. Okay. Yeah, there's, they, it, there's a really big spectrum. He's lower-functioning. Um, there's definitely kids that are lower-functioning than he is. He does speak, uh, but he wouldn't be able to attend UVU. And But definitely we could get resources here as far as finding out day schools for him or, you know, programs, um, work programs. And so it, it definitely will benefit him. Oh, good. And, and the idea of the, of the center and being in a university was everyone has all these questions, right? Every, everyone knows someone, either it's a, a, a nephew or a child or my best friend's child or what, that, that has this. And they want to know, well, how can I help? And it's really hard to explain. And so... I can't remember how many people attend classes here, but it might just be someone coming and saying, I just want to learn about autism uh, because I have a, usually it's I have a nephew. Um, 
and and what are some things I can do to to help him? So and you have classes where people can come in and learn about autism. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fantastic. I think there's about a thousand people. Is that right? That will attend. That are students at UVU, or people who are coming here to take this class that will come in here. And then you have you have everything from that to uh, people who are getting a master's degree in autism studies that enable them to get a. It's called a BCBA, which is what you need to have to actually offer services and get paid when you couldn't get any of that in the in the in the state of utah and so it just it's it's there to like help people to learn how to help these kids and then probably the biggest student here or population are actual teachers that are learning to be teachers and so they're coming here because everyone's going to have a child on the spectrum so are they teachers that are in the Elementary education, yes. higher education, more elementary more education. More elementary yeah. education. Okay. But, uh, I mean, you're going to have one. And, and, you know, the spectrum, Colton, people will think he's a little higher functioning because he's so verbal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can tell you what he wants. Um, but he's not very, like, cognitively advanced. Does that make sense? And a lot of these kids are very cognitively advanced but can't really speak. Um, so he can speak, but just putting it all together... Yeah, he, he just yeah. he mm-hmm. speaks to tell you what he wants. Okay. Does but that make processing sense? Processing is yeah. probably harder. Yes. What, yes. Okay. Yes. And the spectrum. Um, it's you, so wide. The it, range is so wide. So, how did you diagnose him with autism? How old was he when you started figuring this <laughs> he out? Was, well, from day one, uh, when I brought him home, or when we brought him home, I knew something was wrong, and really? I I just kept saying something. Is As not right infant. with him, Keith. I, yeah, I, what, I just what knew. What was that test? And that he oh, we, he, well, he failed his hearing test. You know, all the babies get the hearing test at first, and okay. he failed that. And then we had taken back in. He failed that again, and he just would never pass it. But I could just tell that just something. You know, just as a mom, you just know, Mother's and there's instincts. just something was not right. Yeah, and. As he grew, it just I'd go with my friends to the swimming pool and their kids would want to get in the pool and play and he would just want to sit in his stroller and hold a dinosaur and he would just drool. That's all he would do. Just drool and hold a dinosaur. And my friends would say, oh, he's just a boy because they had girls. Okay. He's just a boy. You know, they're slower. And I'm and like, how old is he at this at time? This time he's like one, one and a half. And okay. I'm like, no, that a child does not just sit in a stroller all day, like, you know, for two when hours. When there's all these other kids there. Right, and yeah. he just, he, he, he didn't point. He never did, you know, the little raspberries like, you know, you do, the little kids do, you know, with their lips when yeah. they're little or play peekaboo. He didn't do any of those things. So is he and, a little more reclusive and he liked yes, to be alone? Yeah, he okay. didn't, um, he didn't make any eye contact and we would, you know, talk to him, but he would never look at us. You could pound, you know, pots and pans. He would not turn and look. So Interesting. when it was before he was two, I took him to the pediatrician. He said, you know, we kind of think maybe he's deaf. Let's send him, you know, to the doctor and let's get some hearing tests done. Well, his hearing was fine. And I just kept thinking, oh, I wonder if this is what the problem is. And if he, you know, has autism. And so you thought autism. And how did you even think? You know, I kept researching different things, reading different things. And we took him to a place here and locally. and For speech therapy. 
Yeah, originally for speech therapy, but then they had a lady come out and evaluate him, and um, Keith happened to be out of town, and she told me, she's like, you know, we think he has autism. Really? And how old was he at this time? He was almost two at this time. He was really young. Yeah. Yeah. So then we made an appointment up at Primary Children's with the specialist up there, and sure enough, that's what his diagnosis was. And that started your journey. That started the journey. And where in the family lineup is Cole? Cole is in the middle. Uh, Our daughter Mackenzie's 24 and then he's 21. Okay. Yeah. So she was three. So how have you coped with having a child with special needs? Speaking as a dad and a man, right? When I remember when, when we were up there at the U and the, and the lady showed us a few things and it's just, and, and you're kind of like numb when they tell you this. She, she showed, she also had a ton of sensory issues and a lot of these children do. And she sprayed this mousse on a table. Okay. Just like, I don't know how to foam, like, like, foam yeah. And, yeah. and told him to touch it. When he would touch it, he would gag. And if he touched a cush ball, he would gag. And you start to understand, no wonder he doesn't like ice cream. The texture like kills him. He likes it, but it, but it kills him. And so as a dad, you, you immediately go into, okay, how can we fix this? Right. Right. How do we, what do we do? Okay. He's delayed. How do we catch him up? You know, Melissa, the internet really didn't exist that much then. It was around a little bit and you start researching and she started dragging me to these conferences and you know, we went and hired back then you had to hire a consultant. Mm-hmm. We hired a consultant cause you're like, you really do feel like if I don't do everything right now, it's like, it's like a child with cancer. You're saying, I'm not going to treat him and hopefully it works out. Um, that, that doesn't work here either. And so we started down the road, we hired this consultant we hired these, I call them kids. <laughs> One of them still works with Cole to this day. Tutors that would come to a house and the consultant would teach them this ABA therapy. And, so and early intervention early is, inter- key. is key. It's yeah, okay. absolutely. Different people will disagree. We think that, um, at least I think, it's like 100% has to happen. The earlier, the better. We believe that had we not done, I mean, Cole had 35 hours, 40, 40 hours, hours a week. week. Oh from my the time, time he was too. Oh my goodness. Till five. Well, when he was diagnosed, they told us he's never going to speak. He's never going to, you know, potty train. He's not going to read. I mean, they, you know, they give you all of this stuff. And so you're so devastated. How? And yes. And so we hired these consultants and I, I am positive he's done these things because we did that. Yeah. Now, you know, also... You know, you like he's saying, you think you're going to cure your child. Back then, they used to use this term, which I think is evil. And they would say that your child will be indistinguishable from their peers, which to a dad means cured. (laughs) And what they really meant was he'll be able to pass an age-appropriate test at school. And Cole never had the cognitive ability to do that, but we could train him to do that. Um, And for me at the time, I was... Uh, I, I would I would come to the meetings, but you know Melissa had to do it. I mean, we were starting a business. We were, You're you know, with it, your career. It, it, it was it was crazy, yeah. and yeah. Um, you'd go to these meetings and you would see. Um, you would see what was going on, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, he's making progress. He's making progress. And then every once in a while, at least for me, she would see it way more. You'd go somewhere, and there'd be kids his age, 
and you're like, he's not closing <laughs> this gap. This gap is widening. Yeah. yeah. And then um, it became even more obvious yeah. once he was yeah. with other peers yeah. his age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think as far as coping, because that you have is, this expectation you that do. your child's going to yeah. be the regular all-American yeah. kid as a And man, that doesn't you, happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, as, as far as coping, I, I mean, I can't speak for Keith, but it's a daily thing. Uh, some days I cope better than others. You rely on a lot of people, your family, your friends, teachers. There's A network it, of it, support. It, it, yeah, there's yeah. a big network you need to rely on. I mean, I'll be honest, there's some days that... Throwing the towel. I don't. I don't. I don't cope. And there's yeah. days that I. I feel like I cope pretty well. Uh, but normal. it's just one of these disabilities that doesn't go away. It's never going to go away, and we deal with it every day. And so, I guess you just have to cope the best you can. We don't have a lot of friends whose kids are on the spectrum, but our little girl has started barrel racing of all things, and. And what is that? She rides a horse around barrels like at a rodeo. Oh, oh, and, oh that's neat. And there's this family here who has a son. I'd, I'd say he's five years younger than Cole. And, and we know the family. Not great, but we've gotten to know him a little bit. And, and, and he's, he's on the spectrum, and he doesn't talk. I don't know how we could handle it if Cole didn't talk. Mm-hmm. We can't always have a conversation with him, but he can always tell us what he thinks. So at least um, there's some point of connection. There's, 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 right? there's some, yeah. and, and I believe had we not done the ABA, and the way I describe it to people is Cole lives in Cole world. He doesn't live here. He lives in his own little world. And this ABA, in my opinion, pried that world open enough that he let us in it. He doesn't live in our world, but we actually get to live in his and a little bit. what is bit. ABA? It's a one-on-one therapy that you're basically... These kids don't want to interact with people. Okay. It's frightening to them. They don't want to do it. It makes them uncomfortable. And so they basically, I call it manually program them to make them interact with you. And pretty soon, the reward for interacting is better than the pleasure of not interacting. And it just makes them to start to, to communicate with you. Because left to themselves, they don't want to communicate with you. Okay. Um, and, and Cole still does it. He only he only engages with us if he needs something or wants something. And, I mean, he still doesn't want to eat dinner with us. He still... He doesn't hang out with us ever. He, he only talks to us when he needs something. So what does he do when he's not engaged with you? Do you have things in the house that he can he, engage He watches movies or he okay. plays on his iPad or he lines up. Legos or reads books. He loves picture books. And he's a world-class swinger. We have a, we have a set of (laughs) swings in our backyard. What are they? Probably 14 feet tall. And he, he goes above them. And uh, people walk by and he'll (laughs) say hi. Cause he's out there on, he loves to swing in the wintertime. He hates it. Cause he doesn't like to walk through the snow. Yeah. But, uh, so is there something about the motion of the swing that might be relaxing to him? I think it's the weight. It's the feeling of weightlessness when he gets up to the top and it, and he comes out of the seat. Yeah, Yeah, I think I think that's he used to love to swim in our like not not swim, but like go and sink to to the the bottom bottom and sit there and sit there. And I think it's that feeling, you know, the tightness of the pressure and the feeling somehow is 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 really soothing to him. But like he doesn't want us to leave him home. Unless we'll say, hey, we're going here. Okay, I'll stay home. So that's interesting because he doesn't really engage with you when he's home, but yet he doesn't want you leaving. Yeah. Yeah. 
interesting. And he's very attached to me. He always yeah. has to know where his mom is. And oh. Very yeah. much so. Okay. Yeah. But you have been very in tune with him since he was born. Yeah. I mean, right, you sensed something intuitively when he was born yeah. that something was off. Yeah. And then you got the early intervention, and yeah. that's made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Has that made a big difference in him being able to communicate with you and being forced to kind of engage socially with you oh, as a family? So. Yeah. So what does that look like outside your family? Will he tell someone his needs if it's not... His nuclear family? Yeah. If he's yeah, somewhere? Yeah, he will. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he will. I mean... If he has to. If he has <laughs> to. If he has to. <laughs> yeah, and he's... And again, he's very manually programmed. So, like, we'll be somewhere, and he he can sense when someone has a, his special needs. Like, I don't know whether it's the way they look or whatever, but he can tell, and he'll always say, hi, hi. And it's because he's been manually programmed to say hi. And so he, he won't say anything else to him, but hi, hi. He always can tell every mm-hmm. time that there's a... That is so interesting. Um, it's very interesting. And may, maybe it's because he feels comfortable there and he can sense that, that they share something in common. But if when he gets home from school, I'll say, Cole, how was your day? Good. What'd you do? Played. Can I go now? Because he wants to go and do his routine. Uh, so routine is really important? Very important. Yeah. Okay. So he likes yeah. the structure, he likes the routine, the predictability yeah. of knowing yeah. what's it's happening. It's the same thing. Okay. He gets up early. He, yeah, he, everything is very So how do you do that him. in a church setting? So was he able to attend church and go to primary and do the, because that's one thing, you know, listeners have been asking is like, we have such a hard time with our child going to church. Yeah. And we don't, we can't really um, integrate them. Yeah. What did that look like no, for you in a church setting? church has setting? always been very difficult with Cole. When he would go to nursery, that was a little bit easier, but just a little bit because he would tantrum and it was scary for him. And I I don't want to speak for everyone that has an autistic child because the, you know, the range of functioning ability is so wide. But for us, church is very scary. It's the lighting, the organ, just kills his ears hold on can i tell the story you can tell the story so 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 we were in church one time and cole was probably what seven six or seven and there's someone up doing an organ solo and let's just say it wasn't very good and i'm sure it was beautiful to some but but i would say it wasn't very good and cole stood up way to be pc yeah stood up in church put his hand over his ears and said turn it off turn it off during 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 the thing and we're like sit down sit down Ten seconds later is over, and he turns around and goes, "Whoosh! Glad that's over." <laughs> and yeah. people could hear him say, "Oh, yeah. oh for, He's sure. Very loud. Oh, yeah. for sure, very loud. for sure, for sure." Yeah, there's a lot of and and plus, you know, church clothing is hard for him. He only wears basketball shorts, which he calls slicky shorts, okay. or basketball, you know, or sweatpants, slicky because pants. Because of the texture, because of texture. Feel. Okay, and so church clothing's difficult for him. Um, and more constrictive. You have a more tie constrictive. around your neck. He never, and, well, he, yeah. He's worn a tie a few times. Um, for the center, he for wore For the center. Oh, I think okay. he wore one when we went to get guardianship of him, so yeah. to court. He, he's only worn one a few times. But So there's certain things that are, are difficult. A lot of people feel like, for some reason, they want to... I don't know if it, it's funny. They want to make him feel comfortable or something, but they'll come up and rub his head. It's like a lot of people, oh, I don't know. It's like, know. hey, buddy. And they, and it, I, I just like, I always just want to like dive over him before they come because I'm just like, 
don't rub his head. Like, yeah. don't touch him. And yeah. So church has always been difficult. There was one time we did have a girl was called to help him specifically. And he liked her. And he he did well with her. But other than that, Cole But, it, but has, he still didn't go to church. Yeah. It, he just went there and someone walked watched around. him. Yeah, they oh. just walked around the building. So he's not really engaging. No. He's no. not participating yeah. really. He's yeah. just there. Yeah. Yes. So church is not a... For Cole, for lack of a better, better word, church is painful. Yeah. Because it's loud. So sensory... Wise, it's it's uncomfortable and it's painful for him. Mm-hmm. Down to as his a, clothing, yeah. everything. Yeah. This, so as yeah. a parent, that's really difficult to watch. And you know, growing up, you know, you go to church, you um, you know, you go to primary, you go to young men, young women's. I mean, all these things, and that's what you do, and that's what you're expected to do. And you know, I think that one of the the strengths of the church is what I'd call it, and. We can talk about spirit and all that other stuff, but it's kind of the the program it has, the procedures, the handbook, whatever you want to call it, right? And there's a lot of structure there, which creates a lot of efficiency and a lot of power. I think what we're starting to see, and maybe it's just because people know more about each other, is that whenever anything is outside of that, that process, right? The child's born, they get blessed. When they're eight, they get baptized. If they're a man, when they're twelve, they get the priesthood, mm-hmm. and you There's know, like this timeline. It, it just church, it just goes yeah. on. You check check at eighteen, you go on a mission. You come home, you get married, you have kids, and the process starts over. And there's a very set way that that should look and happen. And I think one of the issues we have in in, in today is what happens when the checkbox doesn't happen. Right. And when that checkbox doesn't happen, then everybody wants to say, well, why? Oh, well, this kid made bad decisions, you know, and we want it to be like. Almost like, like there's a label on it. Yeah, like, 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 it, yeah. like yeah. it's binary, yeah. right? Or, oh, you have a kid with special needs. You must be these amazing people, which to me is like the most insulting thing ever. But I know why they're doing it. And the reality is, is that's not what it is. It's. We all have a different life, and it's not going to fit in that exact little checklist. Mm -hmm. And we learned forever. We're like, we're going to have him do this. He's he need he needs to experience this, right? And finally, we're like, you know what? We're saying this wrong. Cole doesn't need to experience this. We want to, right? We want to take our child to Disneyland. We want our child to go on a date. We want. We want all these things. He's not missing anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, a kid who's never tasted ice cream has he missed anything. Right. We're actually torturing the kid. We're making him go to do these things, trying to make him normal. And we finally got to the point where we're like, we can't do that anymore. This is like causing us problems. It's cause we need to do what's right for Cole. And so Cole doesn't go to church. I mean, it's just he likes it better. We like it better. You know, we're okay with it. A lot of people will be like, oh, even like baptism. We chose not to baptize him. I'm like, if he's not innocent, then I don't know what is, right? Right, right. Um, and we'll get that question every new bishop. Have you thought about baptizing Cole, you know? 
And so, and they know, don't understand. They I don't. mean, it almost they, seems because like because it's the yeah, check. We got to right, check, check the box. box. Yeah. And they don't understand. I mean, that's where like an education might be helpful for the church. Do you think where they could understand this better so they can yeah. approach the parents in a better way? Right. Cause yeah. the yeah. kids, you're not going to approach a child like that and have yeah. them understand and say, yeah, yeah I want to be back on the program. Baptize me. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly. not happening. Yeah. yeah. But for the parents to be able to maybe navigate that a little bit better, right. You we, know, if the church is more understanding of what you're dealing with. Yeah. I, yeah. I always look at even, even here at the center, when we were talking about it, I, I don't know what it's like to be cold, right? So yeah. I can't really go and say, oh, well, if we do this, so we can think we can, but I know what it's like to be his dad. Our goal, at least mine has always been, how do we help these families, right? Because at the end of the day, the one thing I can promise you that every kid needs is a mom and a dad. And a kid with special needs especially needs that. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's how can we help these families to feel like, there's some optimism in the future. The one thing with autism is they don't outgrow it. It's not like, you know, they have a normal life expectancy. And, you know, for us, you know, one of our biggest fear, Melissa won't even talk about it because it's so frightening. It's like, what happens when we're gone? Yeah. You know, and, and, and what's, it, what, what's his life going to be like then? And you have all of those things that are in the future at some point you have to address them and i think it's kind of like with church you just finally say okay i'm just going to do what's best for for him and for us and we'll let it lie where where it lies Mm -hmm. that's hard it's hard for the church to see that happen and not want to react right and the second thing i tell you is parents at least from us the one thing we don't want our kid to be is the assignment Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah, the project. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. because... And they're sensitive to that, don't you think? Very sensitive. Yeah. And people, they're trying to be kind. I mean, they, you know, um, Cole, when he was younger, the young men... They wanted, they thought, oh, let's, you know, let's include Cole. So can we do a pizza night and take Cole out for pizza? He loves pepperoni pizza. And I was like, that's so nice. You know, that's really thoughtful of you. And, but I just thought, oh... This is going to be a disaster because Cole doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to go with these boys. Right. So for us as parents, it's like Cole's the project. In a way, it's like, you know. So what advice would you give to ecclesiastical leaders to help them understand where you're coming from? Like, well, that would be helpful for you, for Cole, and for them. You know, because most people don't understand autism. What do you think would be helpful you know that's interesting because you know like i said before every family is so different every child with autism is so different yeah um these families need to do what is best for them and their child and they should not be made to feel guilty about what they decide right no matter what that looks like like a training for bishops to say hey if you have children with certain special needs they might not do the checklist and that's okay Yeah. yeah you know i mean our church activity is very irregular and we've had to be like that's okay because before all we ever felt was guilt Mm -hmm. and you know when I look at it I I can't worry about it anymore because you get to the point that you feel so sick inside all the time and it's like what am I doing wrong and you're you're already under so much stress trying to make your family work and trying to get help for your child and make sure the other kids' needs are being met. It's too hard. And so I guess my advice would be make sure that those parents 
and that family knows that what they're doing is the best they can do and that it's okay. They don't need to feel guilty or, and they definitely don't need to feel like they're the project. The church is really good at creating activity. Does that make sense? Creating activity in the members. And I would say that with them, that that can't be the primary focus. The primary focus has to be that they know that there's someone there that loves them and their activity will, will come and go. The time that church is, we couldn't take hold of church at one. Right. I, 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 mean, I mean, it's just not going to work, but, but that changes every year. Yeah. Or they change the word boundaries. And everybody's like, I mean, mm. when they changed our word boundaries, we had to go to a different ward, a different building. So the different and, setting was tricky yeah. for him. Oh, new we walked in and, Cole, yeah. and, and I said, Cole, mm-hmm. you just have to go to sacrament meeting. He's like, sacrament meeting? I'm like, yeah, I just have to go to sacrament meeting. And we walked in. And I mean, you know, you're walking in a place that's quiet. Yeah. You tricked me. This isn't the second meeting. I'm going home just as loud as possible. All the way down, oh. repeating it all the way down. Because he thought I said he only had to go to the second meeting. Um. Not sacrament. Because we're like, how do you? And so all of those things that, again... And in the church are so common and we're taught that, well, we just do that, have massive disruption. Uh, and if people don't understand lives. your situation or you have a new ward boundary and you've got yeah. a new ward family and they don't mm-hmm. understand what your oh, needs yeah. are yeah. with Cole. Yeah. And then you feel like there's this judgment. Now he's loud and he's yelling yeah. in church. And, you know, that can be so hard. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Well, yeah. the first it, it was the first or second Sunday that we had gone. It was just our circle that had gotten taken out of our old ward put in the new ward it's dead literally silent. 14 families and oh. it's dead silent <laughs> the the sacraments being passed and cole yells out who's jesus christ so loud oh, and no. you know so everybody turns and looks at us and you know oh, the boy. people that know us didn't think one thing right but you know we've just had so many families ask us about this you know young families with kids with autism because it's hard it's hard on them it's hard on their testimonies it's hard on because you go through so many feelings of inadequacy you go through uh, your feelings towards God the Savior everything you go through a lot of ups and downs you feel angry you feel then you feel hopeful it is it's it's a cycle and it, it's hard and well so many times hurtful things that happen are also people's ignorance they don't understand for sure, Absolutely. For sure. I, I, right? I think people are they have good intentions very, for sure. right. they very, just don't know yeah. yeah maybe we haven't been taught this but it, kind of this binary thing right you do the right thing and good things happen mm-hmm. you do the wrong thing and bad things happen and that's just not the case we didn't do anything wrong here Right, and I don't believe in Saturday's warriors. I know everybody does. I don't believe that Cole in it's the not pre- a religion. Yeah, <laughs> I don't believe that Cole said and we said, "Hey, you're going to come down, and we're going to be your parents." And this is, I, I, I don't believe that. Right, hard things happen to good people, and we talk about all the hard things, but there are some, and and because life is day to day, life is hard, but. Cole has also had a massive impact on a lot of people. You know, when it's your kid or your grandson or whatever, you just, you just think different. You, you're a little less judgmental. You're a little more forgiving of, of, of things that people are going through because... Changes your perspective. Yeah, because yeah. you're like, you don't yeah. know what happened that morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know that when he woke up that morning, he couldn't find his 
switchblade. What does he call that thing? His, it's a literally a little Lego piece that Melissa has tore the house apart looking for his something blade. Yeah, his, some, he calls it something. It's he, and and he could it's not like an inch long. <laughs> I mean, like, oh boy, I gotta look through yeah, the whole but, house for this. But he has one, yeah. and he. What's it called? Something Blade. I don't even know, but that sends him into a tailspin that you cannot... And he's 21. So how do you handle that? That's got to be so stressful because now he's an adult, but yet he's a child. Yeah. So how how do you manage the stress Um, of that? We get him on a bus and he goes to school. And then when he comes home, hopefully yeah. things Let's will change. Let's just say there's a lot of things that go on in my head. There's a lot of bad words. <laughs> You're like, help me, please. Yeah. 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 That bus is a saving yeah, thing, the though. Bus oh, yeah. Is a saving yeah. Oh, for sure. And kind of gets him out, yeah. right? And getting extra help. Does that help yeah. him now at this stage? Yeah. He's 21. Oh, yeah. He loves it. Uh-huh. He, he does help him. He likes it. You know, it. another thing I think that has gotten us through is we've been fortunate enough to be able to have family or ba- you know a good babysitter that's been able to watch them while we and so that we can take vacations together and leave it behind for a minute so you even though breaks. it's still there yeah. yeah um it it's crucial to be able to do that yeah it because yeah. it is uh, like he you know said it it doesn't go away i mean it's all the time so it feels so daunting it, if you it yeah. get away or have a break yeah. or yeah and you two can reconnect yeah and- there's this girl named Bree who, who yeah. should get the vast majority yeah. uh, that's worked with him since he was three. Yeah, she could make him do things that we just couldn't do. And she still works with him to this day. And she's a, what, what does she she's, do with him? She's a behavior coach. and She, you she know, was now an 18-year-old kid when she when started she started working with him. and got she trained. She still works and, with yeah, him. Yeah. yeah. And so she has kids. She has four now. kids. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, she's got four kids and... She wow. picks him up she at least once or twice a week. Yeah, and takes him to the library isn't and works that amazing? on. amazing? Yeah. yeah. So she's almost family. Probably is oh, family. Oh, she is yeah. 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 So she is a trusted resource. Yes, she for is. You she's and amazing. Yeah. It was. It, yeah. it, it's great. We love her family and everything. But but as her family, she couldn't do the things she used to be. Like she was the one that'd come watch him, and we could get out of town and do all those types of things. But you know, and he called her that Brie girl for so long. But there's no one he loves more than, Aww. other than you, than her. Yeah. I mean, really, yeah. that Brie girl. She's crazy, Dad. You know, she, <laughs> she would make him do some make things. Him do and, yeah. and it's good if you can have someone like that in your life because I've come to the belief that you only have so much energy, right? And maybe when you're young, you can replenish it a lot faster. But as you get older, yeah. you can't. And sometimes you just have to say, hey, I give up. And I can't, I can't go to the point I need to go. I'm just going to let you get away with that, right? And some people will be like, oh, I can't believe that. But you're like, hey, Everyone has a breaking point. You, you, you all do. And, <laughs> and, does. and sometimes yeah. they're big points. And, and like church could be one of those that you're just like, who am I really doing this for? And I think we had an epiphany a, a long time ago that, hey, are we doing this for him are we doing this for us? Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of things that we've made him do that we really are doing. The ABA therapy in the beginning was heartbreaking. I mean, it is, my mom was crying. <laughs> yeah. Well, he would just sit and cry and tantrum because he'd be up there 
for eight hours a day. At two years old, he's up there, you know, a, a two-year-old naps, you That's know. and tough, yeah. And he would cry and cry and cry until he would fall asleep with his head down on the table. And then, and it was just so horrifying. I mean, you would just, I'd have to leave the house. I couldn't stay home because it would yeah. make me so sick. I'm like, what mother puts their child through that, I feel like you know, torturing yeah, them, but I they're, did, they're and it, them. yeah, but we yeah. have, but, but we those, had to. those we things you it. had to, but like, and like now we didn't take him on vacation for a long time, unless we went to our cabin, right, yeah. or to, but in a public yeah. setting, but we, it, yeah, yeah, and then one year he was just yeah. like, I want to go, and we're like, what, and we were going to Hawaii. And the airports were a disaster. Oh, yeah. And, and he hasn't had to go through too many in his life, but to go to Hawaii, he had to. And so Melissa worked with him for months on how, because the last time we took him through a public airport, it, it was Salt Lake. You know how you go in and you put your arms up and that yeah. thing. So Melissa went first, then Cole, and I was coming behind him. Well, Cole looks normal, right? And of course, they had to go frisk Melissa. So that thing opens up. Melissa's not there, and he bolts. Oh. And and you're like, (laughs) and so he didn't want to go anymore because it it was everything was so scary to him. But then I don't know what something triggered, and he didn't want to be left home. And we take him, and he still doesn't. I mean, he just wants to stay in the hotel room. So think of the time and energy that takes. Where for us, you travel with your kids. You don't think about they just go through security. So you have to think through every Every, single step. We practice a lot. Yeah. Of the airport. I did it through a doorway. I you know would say okay this is what's going to happen and then this might happen this you always have to give yourself an out of you know not you know doesn't matter what it takes so much energy and so we practice a lot and yeah and time but and, and then you go there and he just wants to stay in the hotel room and, and you're so, thinking why so you Did get you get him this? his own hotel room yeah. i mean we always have to get an adjoining room because he sleeps with the lights on he's up at most the night most yeah. the night and as he's gotten older, he, you can, I mean, again, they're, they're mild steps, but forever he wouldn't go to basketball games with us. And now he probably goes to, I don't know, six BYU games. And he loves to go to UVU games because there's not many people there. Yeah. And, and it's the things he, and, and he hates the noise, so he wears these headphones. But the reason why for a long time he didn't want to go to BYU games because he had to walk down the stairs. Interesting. And the he's scares afraid. were, and then once he got through that. The spatial you know the depth perception and the depth, is hard. He doesn't so have scary. a good You're depth going perception. Down but now he loves to go and he gets the game. Like he he knows when good. I mean, it's I'm like whoa. Like he really does <laughs> get the game and he enjoys it. He'd like to go home at halftime, but okay. um, but at least he's there yeah, for half yeah. the game. And 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 we don't. You know, if we ask him, he'll be like, yeah, I want to go. And sometimes like, no, I don't want to go. And we're like, okay. So um, what advice would you give to parents who have kids with autism on this lower spectrum? Maybe just like. Be okay with giving in. Like, it's okay. If it's better I, you know, for him, I let it go. So. Some people, yeah. I Because parents you know, feel like, oh, I can't let them get, yeah. get away with that. Or yeah. I can't let them feel like they're in control. But it's not that way Ag- with this situation. Again, you got to pick and choose, yeah. right? And, you, mm-hmm. and, and part of it is you saying, is this really for him or is it for me? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's a hard thing for parents to do with neurotypical children too, Right. It's, it's, and, and you can, you can kind of tell, and, and you know, the things that, you know, like Disneyland, I mean, who, what kid doesn't want to go to, I mean, Cole watches more Disney movies than anybody. 
But so Disneyland, Disneyland is frightening oh, to him. I, oh, he hates the it. Crowds, Absolutely. The noise, well, we we, the we took him once and we made him go and we got him through. And you used to be able to get this great pass yeah. with a with an autistic kid, right? You don't get that anymore. But you used to get this great pass. You which go to was, the front of the line, and yeah. And Melissa's in getting the pass, and I'm out with him and walk by. Chippendale, right? Which most kids love. Yeah. But to Coley's like a giant chipmunks. And he freaks out and wets himself and Aww. we spend three days in the hotel room. Yeah. I think those are the kind of things that when you do that one and maybe you'll take your kid there and he'll love it. Yeah, some some right? of them love and it. And some of Disney them love it. Disney does do an autism day. Yeah. Have you heard about that? Yeah. 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 And just kids and with some autism of them love go. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so if they have a tantrum, parents aren't worried, okay, my kid's having a tantrum, they don't yeah. worry about it. Yeah. yeah. If know, it was just the tantrum, we wouldn't care. I mean, yeah. he it literally frightens him. So we don't and maybe one day he'll be like, I want to go to Disneyland. And if and if Cole says that, he'll actually go. Yeah. So you make the mind shift like, okay, is this good for him? If it's not good for him, we'll do it, despite what the social yeah. ramifications are. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. Like as I, long we, as he's happy. I've gotten really thick skinned. We've been embarrassed unbelievable like so many times <laughs> like I got that. that I honestly nothing phases me anymore and so I'm usually fine with anything he pulls because I've seen it I've done it I've had it done to me what whatever I mean he's stripped naked in Costco he's I mean and honestly it doesn't phase me anymore so if he wants to go and wants to try it and he pulls some shenanigans it it doesn't bother me anymore. I'm to the point that I really don't care yeah. what other people think. But yeah. that's a learned behavior. But it, it's, it, I have had to learn that. Yes, it's taken a long time, but I have had to learn that. It's probably liberating in a way because you think about like just the regular culture that you're in. There's all these protocols to everything. Like yeah. what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, right. what yeah. you say, how Melissa you Melissa said I don't yeah. know those protocols. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> know those protocols. <laughs> like God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, the fact that you're allow- you have separated yourself from all the judgment to just care about what's good for him yeah. and what will help him is huge. That's yeah. a huge shift. Yeah. And, and you, now you, the mama bear does come out if someone <laughs> isn't nice to him. Yeah. Not always, but every once in a while that yeah, mama you, bear you will come out. You can insult me, but don't insult him. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're yeah. going down. Yeah. <laughs> then and watch out. Church is, church is not, especially when we go to church... And the message is always about this perfect little family, right? And, and, and testimony meetings when people get up and talk about, oh, my grandchild was this, and the Lord blessed them, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, all those things are like, like just devastating. You, you almost have to not even listen anymore. Farewells are awful. All of those milestones and things that are celebrated in the church and all the, you never, never participate in them. As our kids have aged, it has gotten harder and harder to go there and hear that. All you hear, it might not be all that's said, right? But all you, it's not all, that's said, all but you, you hear is, well, that's not us. We're gonna go home and hope that Cole's potty training holds for the week, right? And those types of things, because. The kids that are his age have now gone on missions and come home and are getting married and all those things. And we've never experienced one of those. You can address that cognitively, but we're emotional creatures and emotionally it's, it, it's hard. And I would say the last you know, few years have been probably the hardest times on, on, on that. And, and there's nothing you can do. 
mm-hmm. right? And you want to be happy for your friends. Right. And um, But then it's a constant reminder of everything your son is not going to that's do. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and again, and it's, re- hard. it's really, a, we can say it's our son's not, it's what we're, you know, and we're selfish too, right? It's what we're not going to, Cole doesn't care. Right, mm-hmm. he really doesn't care. But you have these hopes and aspirations for your kids to do certain things, yeah. right? Yeah. And when they can't do it because it's not their fault at all, yeah, it it's hard. That is hard. Yeah. You know, especially in a church culture, especially since you live in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't get a lot of mission farewells in California as yeah. much as you get in Utah. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but then you get up there and it's just the perfect nuclear family, and then mm-hmm. you're struggling day to day with finding the one inch Lego piece across the house, yeah. and who knows what nook and cranny yeah, it's fallen into. <laughs> yeah. And that you just compare the difference and just think. I'm never going to have that. And that would be so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Just something to throw out there. Uh, when, when people have callings and they have a child with special needs makes it a little bit even more interesting because sometimes things just happen at home and you may not be able to make it. I think sometimes as a culture, we need to be more flexible Mm -hmm. and realize that it is more about the family and not just that we're checking those boxes mm-hmm. that our child's been to young women's our child's been to activity days our child's you know whatever it's okay if it got canceled mm-hmm. um, or to give more flexible callings to families that have yeah. a child with special yeah. needs because then they can you know if they can't show up then it's not a big impact yeah. you know yeah. you know to yeah. maybe think through that a little bit better yeah. So for a long time, we we kind of had to switch off because, and I taught gospel doctrine for seven years. So I heard, you know, we would go to sacrament and usually we'd get cold there and then I would stay and then I'd go home and Melissa would come back. That was just a way that, that it would, that it could function. And you trade off. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we just, we again, we kind of had to take a step back and say, what's right for us and does this fit here? And we got enough tension in our relationship, right? That let's not add all these undue tension and an effort to make it look like, like we're this model family. That's right. Yeah. We're, we're not. I mean, we are. We are not the prototypical family. We don't. We don't have any of the normal uh, things that happen in our life. And you know, as parents now, we have this little ten-year-old who's pretty pretty normal. And we don't. Even, we're almost like, how do we even raise her? And luckily, she's like an angel from heaven. I mean, she literally is like custom Raises built, herself. custom <laughs> built to <laughs> be in our family. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, she yeah. is. She can have conversations that with us that we're like, man, like, like, where did she come from? And she, yeah. she just, and maybe it's just it's all she's ever known, right? All is she, she more sensitive to kids with special yes. needs oh, because of her yeah. siblings? Yeah. Too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too much in some ways, and yeah. uh, she just so she she's just thoughtful. Yeah. Oh, very thoughtful. She's yeah. mindful mm-hmm. of the needs mm-hmm. of other people. And she's able to recognize, and sometimes she'll talk to you about it. She's like, "Dad, why can Cole? Why she's does he 10. get away with things and I yeah. can't?" Yeah. And yeah, how do you explain that? That's kind of tricky. She knows. She knows. She she knows that Cole has special needs, yeah. and you know she'll cry because he sometimes isn't the nicest to her mm-hmm. and and it's so inconsistent right yeah. in all of that I mean, but yesterday he he was mad i can't remember why and he hit her 
And so she, which is unacceptable, which is yeah. And, and so, and he got in trouble for it, but she cried and, you know, but it took her off guard. I mean, she was surprised because, but he does, he'll do that every once in a while, you know, but then she was so quick to recover and forgive him and explain to him why he shouldn't do that. And, so and is he understanding that when she'll explain why he shouldn't do that? Does he internalize he, that? He well, he feels really bad after he's done something, but then he promises he'll never do it again. But then he he does. Yeah. The, the one beautiful thing is, <laughs> is, is is I actually think Cole is like Jesus because in Cole's mind, if you say it's. I promise Dad I'll never do it again. Okay, Cole, shake. And when we shake, it's like it never happened. Right? Like whatever he did <laughs> ceased to great. exist. It it's it's gone. And, and he's, okay, we're, we're friends again. And life is perfect because we shook on it and it didn't happen. And yeah. he literally, I do think that happens in his mind. It's, it's like, like a oh, reset. Oh, yeah. yeah. Total yeah. reset. Because yeah. the next time he does not he says he'll never do it again. He doesn't remember he did it before because... That would that that was erased, yeah. and we should probably all be that way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. But we're probably not. <laughs> if only. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much. I I love that you're you're sharing your experiences because it helps other people kind of be more compassionate. Someone who doesn't have a child with special needs understand how hard it is, and maybe be a little less judgmental. I love that we talked about the church culture, mm-hmm. and what that looks like, and not to judge fam- judge families if they don't come to church. It doesn't mean they're being unrighteous parents and not teaching yeah. them the gospel. You're <laughs> protecting and helping your child, yeah. Yeah. you know. And at the end of the day, it's about keeping your family together and functioning in the best way you can. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. aren't we all trying to do that? I on mean, some level. <laughs> yeah. And we work really hard at our marriage. When, at least for me, when I go to a lot of these autism conferences or whatever, I see a, I, I don't see a lot of men. I see a lot of single moms with kids, and I think it's just because it it just it got too hard, right? Um, you know, autism for a long time has been all of these resources have only been afforded to people who either had resources or when we were doing it, there were people taking seconds out on homes. If you're a young family and you've borrowed more money than you could and done all that and then it didn't happen and your son still has autism, the stress that that put on families is Mm -hmm. just... And so, you know, our message is always... You know, whatever it is, you two need to stay together. Yeah. You know, don't, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be divorce, right? You, the but divorce don't, rate is very high. Very high. Very yeah. high for kids with special needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's so inconsistent. You just don't know. You know, one of the things, especially in the LDS culture, is they're diagnosed young. And by definition, they have young parents. And young parents have a lot of things going on. And, and resource, not a lot of financial resources. Yeah, and resources you're is usually not your one career. of them. Yeah. That's right. Well, what you're doing with the center is incredible. Do you I, want to just tell us for a minute what are what are the resources here for people so they can have a greater understanding about the Melissa Nellison Center for Autism at Utah Valley University? Sure. I'd love to hear from you about that. Uh, we have a three-part mission here. Uh, the first one is to expand professional capacity through training and education. We have a minor in autism studies and also the master's program to pursue a BCBA. The second one, we support students at UVU with autism on campus through programs like passages and educational coaching. And the third one is we work directly with the community in partnership partnerships that increase access to supports and services that would otherwise be not be available. 
it's nice that we can even provide a list of doctors that are willing to you know work with kids it's it's hard like with Cole with the dentist he you know he has to be put out or it well, that's true you don't even with all the sensory yeah, we have yeah. To bring so an anesthesiologist so to the it, dentist. you know oh or the doctor you know they I mean they're a lot of these kids are really hard they're yeah. loud when they come in you know the office and so it's nice when you can have a doctor that's willing to maybe even just run out to your car. And just or, to have the resources. You've already yeah, gone through it all, absolutely. and now you can yeah. offer it so up on it's a nice silver platter that, yeah, to a that family. Someone can come, and we can go, oh, here, look, here's some, what you a know, gift you are giving. Here's some dentists, or here's some doctors, or here, you know, it, it's just. Or just the yeah. education. Yeah. yeah. You know, when you start, like, here's how to identify that your child has it, or here's what to do if yeah. you see that they have yeah. these problems, yeah. or here's the dentist yeah. you go to. I mean, yeah. if right. you're a young 23-year-old, and you realize you have I mean these kids are yeah. kids right. when they're having kids right and, yeah. and, and with it's hard and with How medical what to do with medical things which just kind of is you, we expect that we go to a doctor right and that the doctor then tells us what to do and prescribes whatever and and, and th- th- this is this is completely different and you have to have you know like Lori Bowen here like when you find out your child has autism again when we're at the U the lady said, she goes, I've been in the room when we've told um, parents that their child has autism, and I've been in the room when we've told them their child has cancer, and it's the same. But the difference is, is the cancer's going to go away, or you know, you're going to win or lose that battle. Mm-hmm. You need people like Lori Bowen that can sit down and listen to you and, and, and help you to see some clarity and to say, hey, there's these, the, these are the types of things that we can help you with and these are these resources and who's Lori Bowen Lori Lori is she's the assistant director here at the center we've just worked with her for so long at the the autism Autism center Center. here at Utah Valley University and and she can sit down with you and and kind of our hope is that she can give you a feeling of hope that there's a place that there are resources around here we're going to help you we can't economically provide all the resources right but you it's such an invaluable thing to feel like, hey, there's someone who cares and can help us. And is there a cost to that, or is that a free service? No, that's a free service. It's a free the, the, service. The, the initial stuff. There's a great community here. At the center here, we don't really charge for hardly anything, I don't think. But it's it's enabling people to say, hey, there's a place I can go. There's a doctor or whatever. And even though it's not a doctor, you're just hoping for someone that can help you down the journey. And then... Is there a website that people can go to to see what your resources are and to come here and know how to get help? Is that through Utah Valley University? Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. you could just Google Uh Melissa Nellison Center Center for for Autism Autism. at Mm -hmm. Utah Valley University and then access that. Mm -hmm. Because what an incredible service for someone who's young, realizes, okay, they're 25 and have an autistic child, but they have no resources Mm -hmm. to come to a place like this and have it, you know, laid out for them. Yeah. What a gift you're yeah. giving to all these families well people like Lori are doing it we just kind of help get the building started i think you deserve a little <laughs> more credit than that after hearing your story and i just want to close with you know how is your relationship with heavenly father and jesus christ grown by having a child with special needs do you feel like your connection with divinity is stronger now having probably having to rely on the Lord a lot to navigate a lot of these difficult situations. That has been an interesting process because, like I said before, it's like a a cycle that, you know, we've gone through a whole, well, emotion. You know, you go your ups and downs, and 
but I can see how Heavenly Father has such love for us because I look at how much love I have for my son and how he hurts when we hurt because I see how I hurt when my son hurts. For me, I, I, I couldn't give it to you in like, uh, how is it strengthened or whatever. Um, I understand the doctrines. I understand all of that. Sometimes those, uh, those are pretty hollow in those moments, you know. But um, So I don't know if I could say it's strengthened that. I can say it's made me a better person. You know, I'm kind of the person now in the family that's as crazy as it sounds that people call because I'm, I'm not, we're, we're not judgmental. Um, we know that sometimes it's like you just kind of have to be there, that there is no answer. I think it's caused me to, again, just kind of know that, hey, you know, there's brighter days and I'm not going to tell you it's going to be easy, but, you know, we're there to help you and to, to be there. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, probably something that I don't know if I ever could have learned without um, experiencing this. And, and the other thing that I've learned is that the things we want most can't be bought. Sometimes it helps, it enables you to do something like this, but um, we, can't, we can't buy a fix for our child. Well, thank you so thank you. much. I have really gotten a good education here. Thank you so much. And Thanks thank for you for sharing us. your heart with me and being honest about the challenges because it is a challenge and it's going to help a lot of people. So thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. And we want to thank you for tuning in to the What Now podcast. To find out more about the Melissa Nellison Center for Autism at Utah Valley University, visit their website at uvu.edu forward slash autism. You can also find a link through our website at podcastwhatnow.com. Please rate us and write us a review. We read all the comments and they help us find out what is most meaningful to you. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Search Podcast What Now and you can reach out to us personally by visiting our website at podcastwhatnow.com. We never say goodbye. We say what now? Find out by tuning into our next podcast with great guests and important topics related to LDS culture, all in an effort to create more understanding, hope, and healing. I'm Christian Michael, along with Mary Alice Hatch, and this has been a What Now podcast production.